I'm here with Blackhawk centerman Jason Dickinson. Jason, thank you for joining us here. On December 9th this season, you uh, tied a career high with your ninth goal of the season or in the midst of a career year at age 28. What's the difference this year, if anything? Just a ton of confidence. Um, pucks are coming to me in scoring areas and uh, I'm finishing them. That's really the biggest difference. I feel like I get a lot of opportunities every year and this year I've been a lot better at hitting my spots. Luke Richardson has given you the challenge on most nights, especially at the United Center, to go head-to-head -head against the other team's top offensive line. Is that something that you look forward to as a challenge um, with your line mates? Yeah, absolutely. I've always enjoyed that challenge. Um, I think even back to my time in Dallas, uh, when Faxa wasn't getting the matchups or when he was out hurt, it was always me, and it was something that I looked forward to every night. You know, I'd, I'd know who I was playing that night, and I knew all right, it's going to be McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews, and I'd, I'd know it's, it's going to be a tough match for both of us. Um, real hard assignment for myself, but it's something that when the game is finished, if we both have zeros on our uh, scorecard, I'm real happy with the job I did. You, but you're having a career year goal-wise. You're shutting down the other team's top players. You're a plus player. What's going on with that? Where's the balance between offense and defense? I, I think the plus player, the, the being – on the the positive side of things is because I'm scoring more. I'm I'm hitting my spots, like I said, but um, it takes everybody on the ice. I, I can't do it alone. I've had great line mates. They've been rolling over with injuries. We've been trying to find different guys to uh, get the job done, and everybody that has stepped in has stepped up. They've all done their part. So um, with all five guys on the ice, knowing the assignment and doing it well, makes it really easy for me. But is it harder when you're making some adjustments as far as your line combinations? Is the communication before the game really important about how you want to approach the game and, and what your your tactical strategy is going to be? Yeah, absolutely. It can be harder, but like you said, a little bit of communication before the game um, to know that this is what our identity is going to be. We want to move pucks forward. Our line is going to be real simple and we're going to have to just forecheck and we limit turnovers because that's what the, be the best lines thrive on turnovers. They love their rush chances and then they get to spend a lot of time in the ozone. So uh, we make it real simple when we are rolling guys in and out of uh, the line when it was Felino and I and now obviously that's completely changed. But uh, it, it seems to be the same message every every game that this is going to be our line and how we play. You talked about uh, the identity of your line and the team this year coming into the season, a new era for Blackhawks hockey. No Kane, no Taves, they've moved on. Um, has that changed your role in any ways as far as leadership inside the room? Yeah, absolutely. A bunch of guys have had to step up as leaders this year. Um, that's a huge gap there uh, without Taser and Kaner. Obviously, they they held the room for 15 years. It's, yeah. it's a hard thing to transition through that as they're coming out of the team. And it's a kind of a, you hit a hard wall of leadership when they're gone. Everybody's looking towards somebody. And we brought in Felino, who's a fantastic leader. He's done a great job of taking that on. Uh, Jones, Murphy, they've been here for long enough that they're also established as leaders in this organization and in the league. And then there's the supporting cast that has now had to step up. Myself, Johnson, Mrazek, um, Tenority, like, all of us have had to step up in a different way to solidify a leadership group. Earlier this season, you were caught on, on one of the broadcasts um, giving advice to 
or look like you were giving advice to Connor Bedard in a game against the Anaheim Ducks. Is, is that something that you're doing this year, being more proactive uh, in being able to mentor or give uh, players tips, or is that something you just want to let have happen naturally? Yeah, I think, I think given that it's such a young team, it's something I have to be proactive about. Um, there are moments where it will just happen naturally. Um, Connor actually asked me what he was or what I was seeing on face-offs. Um, but there are a lot of moments where I, I want to give my little bit of knowledge on my side of the game because the offensive guys see the game way differently than I do. Um, and I wouldn't want to change the way that they see that. But defensively and positionally um, to get above pucks, those are the areas that I like to uh, try to impart my knowledge because in turn they'll get more offense. If you look at the, the, the baseline of what you want to do in a game, you're talking about you know making sure that your focus is on, on defense there. Where does the baseline begin and the challenges between balancing those two? Baseline is, it's a hard baseline. I'm, I don't want to give up a single odd man rush. I'm always going to have an F3, somebody that's pushing uh, their best players to the outside. Don't want to give up the inside, put my D in bad positions. And then honestly, no slot shots. That's another baseline, very hard to accomplish that. I want to set the bar high so that when I fail, it's still a very good recipe, but the slot shots are most dangerous. So if I'm able to limit that and keep shots from outside from the point, um, it gives my line a better chance to uh, defend really well and create offense. Are you a thinker on the ice or a reactor? I'm a thinker for sure. And sometimes it's been really bad for me. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of coaches tell me I got to turn my brain off out there and, and just play. Um, and it, it has been tremendous advice because I used to overthink everything and uh, get in my own way for sure. Middle of the season right now, how's the body holding up? Great. Feel pretty good? Yeah, as good as can be. So you, in your career, you've gone, you started in Dallas, you went to Vancouver, in Chicago now, you're from the Toronto area. Pretty amazing cities. What do you like about the whole dynamics of, of the cities that you've been a part of? Yeah, I, I've been pretty fortunate. Those are some fantastic cities and they all bring something different to the table. You know, like Dallas is very low key, big city, Southern, you get nice weather. You go to Vancouver, you get the mountains, the ocean, and then you come to Chicago and it's, a bustling city, you got fantastic restaurants, you got uh, great entertainment everywhere. So I've been super fortunate everywhere I've been that there's something unique and special about every city I've been to. And I, I'm really grateful that I've been able to be in some fantastic places. Do you see some similarities in Toronto to Chicago? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody that asks me about Chicago, I immediately remind them, you, you basically live in the Canadian uh, Chicago, like it's the, same city, just on the other side of the border. When you, so now you're talking about your career. Um, you started in Dallas. Was, was there certain individuals that helped you be a centerman at the beginning of your career? Like you're now helping a guy like Connor Bedard? Yeah, there's a lot of guys that um, I spent some time with. Um, in particular, I think of Spezza and uh, Jamie Benn. Um, at the time, Jamie wasn't playing center, so maybe that wasn't quite the um, 
lessons that he was teaching me, but uh, just to be a good pro and learning. Just to be a great pro. That that is the biggest thing I take from uh, him is he knew how to be a pro. He knew how to be a great person, and um, he brought it every single day. Um, he might not have played his best some nights, but he brought being a great person and a great teammate every single day. And I think that's something that carried with me everywhere I've been because it goes a long way. Creating relationships, um, being a good person is something that you can control and it, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort. If you look at the ability of, and I always talk about it on the air, uh, he's an NHL player and you can be a lead NHL player or you know uh, a role player NHL player, but you're still an NHL player. When do you think in your career you became that NHL player? Um, I'd say in my, in my second year in Dallas, second full year, um, is when I really felt comfortable and I felt like, okay, I, I know who I am in this league and I know what I can be. Um, at the time, I might not have had as much opportunity to be that guy because there was other guys that had already established mm -hmm. themselves. Um, but I felt like, given the, given the opportunity, I knew I could do the job. And that's when I felt comfortable and at home with my, myself in hockey. Have, have you always been a settlement, centerman? Yeah, always. I, I did bounce around uh, my first couple of years in Dallas to wing first, second, third, fourth, didn't really matter. Wherever they could slot me in, I was willing to, to get the job done, but naturally a centerman. You went through the junior ranks. Uh, I think you played for Guelph, right? Yep. Um, four years in, in Guelph. Why did you choose the junior route rather than maybe an option to go collegiate? Honestly, that was just the natural route. I, I hadn't really given uh, college any thought. Um, hindsight, I feel like I probably would have been more well-suited for college and not that things didn't work out great. And um, I'm grateful for my time in Guelph. We had some- Are you a good student? I was a good student, <laughs> if I put in the effort. I'm not, not gonna lie, I kind of slacked off sometimes, but uh, you know, had I needed to, I, I would have buckled down and I would have been a good student. And I ended up uh, pushing my brother to go to college when he was given the opportunity. Where'd he go? He went to Clarkson. Wonderful. Um, from the Toronto area earlier this season, hat trick against the Toronto Maple Leafs at the United Center. How special was that? Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And, uh, I was a little worried about my neighbors back home and what they might do to my house and you know, create some enemies back there. Scottish and Caribbean, Caribbean background, heritage, is that correct? Yep. yep. Is there traditional dishes that uh, end up in the Dickinson family because of those heritages? <laughs> um, we definitely always had fish and chips. Every, every week, it was, it was a standard. I knew if we were going to go to my grandparents on the weekend, it was always Saturday uh, evening, we'd be ordering fish and chips. And it was, and still to this day, I believe my grandparents are still ordering fish and chips every Saturday. <laughs> Did you get it, it was, were they wrapped in a newspaper back in the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's, that's the standard the way. way. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so switching from hockey, the, the good part now, is your personal life. You and your wife, Alondra, recently had your first baby, uh, Willow Lynn. How has that been for you? Yeah, it's been fantastic. It's, it's such a life-changing moment and everybody warns you and tries to tell you, you know, like nothing's gonna be the same anymore. It's all about her now and, and sure enough, they were all right. And 
she's all I think about. I, I get videos and pictures from my wife every day when we're on the road. And, uh, you know, you leave the game. It was a horrible game. I played awful, but she's still there smiling. Puts so everything in perspective. It, it really does. It really does. It, it's just a game. Um, Willow Lynn, any significance to the names that you guys picked? Uh, my wife and I just both really liked the name Willow. Um, I'm not even sure how we stumbled across it, um, but that was really as simple as that. And then uh, Lynn has now become a family name. Um, it is my wife's middle name as well, so it was something that was nice to the ear when we said it, and, and we liked that it was uh, coming down from her. What's a night like at home with baby Willow? <laughs> She's a she's a really good baby. So good sleeper. Good sleeper. She's she's really happy and and chill. So she she just likes to hang out. You know, um, we'll we'll just hold her and talk, babble with her. You know, it's it's uh it's not much right now, but she's interacting. She's she's really. The, happy the scary part it. is you know what she's saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's she's trying to say stuff yeah. at least. Are you on uh, diaper duty? Uh, I, I do some diapers. I probably not as much as I should, but my my wife is uh, she's killing it. She just she jumps on it right away. She's not uh, she doesn't seem mad at me yet that I'm not covering more <laughs> diapers at least. Tougher to go on the road, obviously leaving the family, but more excited to get home to see Baby Willow and your wife. Yeah, absolutely. I I think this is a nine day trip, so um, I'm counting the days. Uh, not just because the road is, is harder, um, but because I get to see her when I get back. Is FaceTime a big part of your day on the road now? You know, we haven't been doing FaceTime. Um, she, she really just sends me pictures and videos uh, all day. Um, I don't know, she, she doesn't react, or sorry, she doesn't interact very much with uh, the camera, so it, it's, it would more so just be me and my wife talking and she's just the one on camera. <laughs> She, has she found her hands and her feet yet? Oh yeah, she's found her feet. She, she sent me a video the other day of her sucking on her toes like she's sucking on a thumb. You've got a German Shepherd. How's that adjustment been for, for him or her? Uh, for her, yeah, she's been amazing. They're, they're getting along really well now. She, uh, Willow has started to recognize her and realize that she is something. Uh, I don't know that she knows she's a dog, but you know, she's really interested in grabbing her, petting her, like feeling her face, her fur. Like she's really loving it. And my dog has been so good. She she just kind of goes with it, and uh, she lays by her side all day. Uh, she gets put down on the floor, and and my dog goes and lays down there and, and watches over her. I, I see some of these crazy videos on social media of like animals and babies and stuff. So that's got to be pretty cool to see all that. Yeah, it is really nice. I, I it's it's amazing. Good. Nature understands. Like here's the new baby. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to do whatever you need to do. Exactly. Yeah. It, it it's almost like it's her baby. You know, our dog has accepted her as hers and is now like, okay, you're my family. I have to protect you. And it was natural right away. There's some rumors that you're interested in home renovations. Are, are you a handyman, or is this just something to kill some time? <laughs> uh, no, I, I like I enjoy it. it. It kills some time, but I also just enjoy it. I, I think that aspect of uh, things is a lot of fun. Um, my dad was handy, my, my brother-in-law is handy, so um, it, it, I get a lot of help from them and they're, they're really good at it. So um, yeah, we have fun and uh, my brother-in-law's got some projects that he's waiting for me to come home <laughs> for, so we'll see if we can tackle those. I'm Troy Murray, this is Jason Dickinson. Thanks for your time. Thanks.